Sadly, the Jaguar I-Pace e-trophy has been axed, and we talk about the best points of the series. We also talk about the ERA Cup and how your uni or school can get involved. I've got to say, there's been plenty going on, from Pascal Verlein leaving Mahindra, the Season 6 Formula E Berlin races, and the Season 7 calendar reveal. And Renault Rast getting the remaining races this year for Audi. We're trying to keep up here at Regen, and this goes long, so buckle up. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host, Dino, and joining me as always, it is Chris Soulsby, a man who is probably the most gutted that the I-Pace has been axed. Hello. You've hit the nail on the head. I am flaming devastated that the I-Pace e-trophy is done. Hello. <laughs> it's nice to be back. It's been a while, hasn't it? Hello. Yes. It has. It's, uh, it's almost been... It is... It's almost been a month. It would help if I could actually talk today. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's almost been a month, but happy to be back. Happy to be podcasting and talking to you. Yeah, it's good to be back. So much has happened in the past month, too. You know, oh my God, so many plot lines, sim races, good grief. It's all yep. been going on in Formula E. Yes, um, we have had a podcast in the meantime, Jawad from Hit the Apex. I'm sure you're listening, Jawad. Thank you for having us. Uh, it was always a blast to talk to you. So go and check his podcast out. It is Hit the Apex. Uh, Jawad is awesome and uh, goes into some great depth. It's a solo show, um, but the collaboration with us was great. So yeah, make sure you do. All right, well, let's get into media of the week and I'll let you start this one off. Chris, do you have one for us? I do have a major of the week. Uh, my major of the week this week is a TV show, and it is called The Newsroom. Um, this is quite popular in the US. I think a lot of people will have heard of it. Uh, it's a US drama about a newsroom. It's a broadcast team of journalists, and you know it, it, it's very clever. And I think everybody's probably seen the, uh, the this clip on YouTube, and it's from a TV show. And it's you know why is America the greatest country in the world? And um, one of the guys replies, it's not. And that's what that's from. Uh, this is the TV show on that. And honestly, it's bloody excellent. Um, I struggle with commitment when it comes to TV shows. Like I can start watching something and then I won't finish it for like another two weeks. I'll watch the next episode for two weeks. But I watched all three seasons in, this, in a week and a half, um, which is you know very good going for me. And honestly, this thing is fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. It's um, it's really brilliant, and you know it follows the stories of the characters. Fair enough, but it also uh, reports on real news headlines that happened in uh, from 2010 to 2012, and um, reports on them. So it's kind of like a real life case study dramatized, and yeah, it's just great. Watch it if you get the chance because I can't fault it. Like five stars, ten out of ten for me. One of the best shows I've probably watched. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Really good. Sure. Um, as always, links will be in the show notes. Uh, mine is called Breaking Dad. Uh, those of you in the UK will be familiar with Bradley Walsh yeah. and his son Barney, and they go to America 
and have various uh, fun times over there. They get an RV um, and they travel around and do different things. Um, spoilers, uh, Bradley Walsh does get broken a little bit. He breaks breaks his back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, um, not, not in a bad way. It's just, uh, I think it's just a, a minor, minor um, break. But, yeah, uh, bull riding. So... Uh, they they get up to so many things and um, it, it's really good fun. So go and check that out. It's called Breaking Dad. I'm going to have a look at that because I love Bradley Walsh. I think he's great. He's hilarious. He is yeah. really funny. Yeah. 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 He's really funny on this as well. Um, the first season, he really doesn't want to do anything, but the second, he's totally on board. So it's really, it's really fun. Right. Also, uh, shout out to Motormouth Podcast. So uh, Harry Benjamin, Tim Sylvie, they had Sarah Price, the first driver to be announced for the new Extreme E, and a great episode. I just have to make sure that that all our listeners go and check that one out if you haven't. Uh, Really cool. Sarah Price and Chip Ganassi, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in Extreme E. Did you check that one out, Chris? I haven't had a chance yet. I just listened to their one with Eduardo Mortara. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed that, so I can't wait to listen to the next one. Nice, nice. Yep, it's gonna be, it's gonna be cool. They've they've had some cracking guests. I can't believe it. Yeah, we're letting the team down over here. Um, <laughs> so, so if you're famous and want to come on the show, no, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. <clears throat> if you're famous, right. we've got news for you. <laughs> yeah, go on the Motor Mouth podcast. Yeah, go on Motor Mouth where. Um, we're not for you. <laughs> so we can listen to you. Very good. Um, first up in the news, we're going to get to the juicy stuff in a minute, but the ERA Cup. Design, build and race your own 100% electric car. It's a STEM education project for students 14 to 21 years of age and enthusiasts around the world. To be fair, I don't think I would be able to do this um, as my welding skills are very very bad and I would have to recruit my brother and father minimum to be able to make this thing Um, but everything's included a straightforward kit uh, car design sure straightforward Um, access to online resources workshops and content throughout the process with the ERA Cup community Um, integration of an electric powertrain work as a team across multiple disciplines Uh, mine would be coffee and tea duty Um, (laughs) learn about efficiency and strategy at regional race events develop business acumen through acquiring sponsors and partners for you how cool is that that is I would be team manager. Yeah, that's that's me right there. Um, explore content creation and marketing via creating websites and social media pages for your team and a link to the ERA Championship Racing Series. So we've got three little pictures here um, of various stages of the build. Uh, it's basically a go-kart with a front wing, but it looks that's epic. Cool, isn't it? it looks like a, um, you know, if you ignore everything past the front wheels, Looks a bit like an old Lotus from the eighties, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah no, really that's cool. really cool. Yeah, I'm devastated that it's to twenty one though, because I would love to do this. Well, it does say end enthusiasts yeah. around the world. So, ah, uh, uh, there we go, enthusiast over here. So, yeah, we're covered. We're fine. So now you just need a team. Yeah, I'll um, me myself and I. Can, yeah, um, covered. 
or uh, Oxford Brooks old boys, Oxo. Oh, Oxo. oh, I love that. Oxo. We'll get See? sponsored by the gravy granules. <laughs> That's it. Brown car. <laughs> just, just <laughs> makes itself. There you go. Oxo racing. Bosh. But, yeah. Alrighty. Feel free to use that, anyone. Um, especially Oxford Brooks University, if there's any of Chris's friends. I don't have any friends. I'm joking. <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, most most of my friends I either have on the show, talk to from on the show. Uh, yeah, the very minimal that actually live in New Zealand. So hello out there, friends in other countries. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um the somber news, we're going to talk about the Jaguar I-Pace E-Trophy, and unfortunately, it is ending at the end of this season. So, this one comes out of sportscar365.com, uh, launched in 2018, of course, production-based SUVs, the E-Trophy, the official support series to Formula E, of course, and British manufacturer targeted 20-car grids, but only saw an average of 12 vehicles during its inaugural season um, which was won by the Brazilian Sergio Jimenez um, an absolute beast of a season and season two kicked off double header in Deria uh, nine cars with an additional race taking place in Mexico City prior to the suspension of the events due to the coronavirus pandemic potentially the coronavirus has contributed quite a bit to actually kill off the e-trophy and yeah unfortunately just you know, um, Jaguar Land Rover, in in the previous few years, they haven't been in the greatest financial position, um, or so I've been hearing, and I think that, it, it, yeah, it was just unfortunately on the chopping block, but obviously um, the cancellation doesn't affect Jaguar's uh, Formula E participation, which, yeah, that's the main thing. Uh, so James Collado and Mitch Evans can rest easy. Chris, we've seen some awesome racing and some some drivers that haven't previously raced, and and you know they've been a success story really of the series. Yeah, yeah. What what, what are some of your favourite moments from the series? See, I've loved this series. I really have. I remember I uh, I first reported on it in 2017 which is when they launched it. And uh, I thought, oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. And I really put all my eggs into this basket because I thought this was going to be great. And I've covered pretty much every ounce of news on the IPC Trophy for the past two or three years now. And I love this series. And there's so many great races as well. I mean, I, I mean, the standout has to be the Berlin race last year for me. I mean, if you if the Berlin race is online, check it out because... In, in season one, the IPC Trophy kind of struggled to do overtakes. Um, the cars were completely matched on performance. The brakes were so powerful that um, you could brake like 25 metres before a corner and slow down. So it meant that braking late was very difficult. But the Berlin round did not disappoint. Everybody really went for it in this race. <laughs> and it was brilliant. It was so good. Do you remember that race? It was spot on. Um, is 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 this the one where it was just absolute carnage and it was yeah. who was the let me let me guess who the VIP driver was? Oh no, no. Was it? <laughs> it it wasn't it wasn't our man. Well, you can't our man Salvador Duran. You it wasn't him, was it? Salvador Duran too. No, it was um Jens Drahl. I think he was a German. oh Jens Drahl, yeah. Yes, 
and you can't forget Salvador Duran too. But the beautiful thing is with the IPC trophy, it really offered people the chance to race. And it was expensive, you know, it was a very expensive championship. But it was a very nice place to learn as well. And it gave you the international audience too. And, you know, we saw drivers rise up and, you know, Celia Martin, for instance, this is my favorite story about the IPC trophy right here. So, I mean, Celia Martin was um, a test driver for Jaguar. She was known for doing a hot laps of the Nürburgring in the Jaguar Project 8. And even though she drove circuit, she'd never actually raced before. She'd never ended a race with other cars in it. She was just used to doing hot laps and lapping circuits on track days. That's amazing. Yeah, and she went from zero race experience in this series, made her debut in it. And, you know, she was, (laughs) I wonder she was massively slow in that first race in in Duria. She was really off the pace, plum last, almost lapped. But she continually developed. And towards the end, she almost won in Berlin. You know, she was she was really on the pace, wasn't she? And yeah. she got like four or five consecutive podium finishes. And, you know, and that's what I like about the IPC trophy. It offered that chance in that place to develop. And, you know, on that, big sporting stage too in an in that, that an international championship offers and i think for that reason you know the ipc trophy I, I will always like it you know i'll always look back on it with fond memories and there's a lot of people in the formula e paddock who disliked it for one reason or the other but yeah i really really did love this champion and it's a shame it's it's a shame that it's been axed but yeah i'm i'm gonna miss it dearly because it's brought a lot of fun memories uh for me and for probably a lot of people at home who've been watching it, so yeah, I uh, I love the IPC trophy. I love it. Here's a fun fact for the listeners: yeah. our IPC trophy episodes have at least, on average, twenty more listeners per episode. Yeah, and there's yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, twenty more epi- twenty more listeners an episode, but that's that's a fifth more than. Yeah a lot of our other episodes you know and i think one of them has over like 500 downloads now amazing mm-hmm. you know that, that's and, and it was oh. <laughs> yeah and i think it's just something different that people wanted to wanted to listen to and yeah yeah precisely because you know you've got formula e podcasts and formula e gets covered a lot but for the, the ipc trophy it doesn't ex- it doesn't always you know get given the uh the time that it deserves and when you really delve into it, it's fascinating. It really is. And the car, the way the cars are built too, they're so clever, very intelligently uh, made. But Jag, very good. Yes, um, and a software update for the iPACE vehicles due to the racing in the iPACE trophy. So 20 kilometers of additional range, Chris. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes to show it, doesn't it? You know, Formula E, the iPACE trophy, electric racing in general really is paving the way for these new technologies to get developed and explored and improved ultimately. And, um, you know, that, that's just a success, isn't it? You know, you, you really can't complain about anything else. Um, when you can develop a car on the road through competition, um, it's a win-win in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I was listening to something and they were talking about the ETCR, um, the electric touring car championship. And I thought, 
there might be, you know, something similar come from that with additional range and, you know, all of those manufacturers and the different cars they're going to that are going to be racing in that, um, yeah, it's only it's only good for electric vehicles. Yeah, precisely. And I mean, the way the world's going now, and the way it's all developing uh, in the automotive industry, and that shift towards electric vehicles, it's the perfect arena to uh, develop it. Really, um, so it's more relevant than the likes of Formula One and other ICE series. One of my favourite bits from the iPACE e-trophy is the very first race. Yeah. Firstly, because a Kiwi wins it, um, which was Simon Evans, but, (laughs) you know, proud Kiwi. Um, But secondly, um, how good was Alice Powell? Yes, of course. You know, she, I think she got the call up and um, I think this is potentially before the whole W Series thing and she was doing some plumbing or something and then racing in the IFAC trophy. Amazing. Does an absolutely storming job. Um, and I think she got the highest VIP uh, finishing position in that season. Amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was um, it was a mega race. I mean, that first race in Diria too, because we had all of the rain and the, the mudslides on the track. And, you know, are we going to race? Aren't we going to race? And when it finally happened... Yeah, I remember watching it at like four o'clock in the morning. Um, Get some commitment. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Really good. I loved it. It was spot on. Yep, um, and obviously, unfortunately, the second season, um, Catherine Legg and Brian Sellers, not part of it this season. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully we might be able to see them in the ETCR or, or something similar. Yeah, so, I hope so. Yeah, it's uh, yeah unfortunate that uh, the IPACE E Trophy is yeah done, um, but hopefully it'll come back. You never know. I hope so. Never say never. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we just need Chris to um, yeah make make a wish before he blows out his candles this this year and and moving forward. I will. Yeah, I, that will be my top wish. I think. <laughs> I still want to make my VIP appearance to start off with. I'm waiting yeah. for it. Still need to learn how to drive first, but <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. I find that amazing. Anyway, um, I uh, fun fact. Also, I um, I've had my full license for over ten years now. So, yeah. there you go. Pick yeah. Dino. If hey. you are listening, Jaguar, you know he's your man. Yeah, if if I could uh, come over, unfortunately, all the borders are shut and everything. But if I could, um, yeah. I would absolutely give it a go. Why not? Just go rowing, get a dinghy, and cross your way over on your own. Yeah, the only thing is, I'd probably it would probably be like my old Gran Turismo days, and um, yeah, the walls faster than actually breaking. So <laughs> there might be a few scrapes on the side of the car. But uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so yes. Uh, we hope that it'll come back, and um, we hope that in the future we can continue talking about it. Um, and now we have a sponsor ad break, Podgo. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. 
Thanks to Podgo for sponsoring this podcast. Right, we're back. And now some other talking points. Pascal Verlein leaves Mahindra. It was basically effective immediately. Uh, it's pretty much straight after losing the race at home challenge uh, to Stoffel Van Dorn from Mercedes. Everyone's saying Porsche, Chris. Um, I sort of think that's going to happen as well. Neil Yarny not performing, unfortunately. There were obviously high hopes for him at Porsche, but it hasn't worked out. And I think he'll probably move back to being some sort of development or test driver. Is Pascal a shoo-in now for Porsche? Yeah, I think Pascal will uh, go to Porsche, really, because it makes sense. Uh, Neil Yarny hasn't performed at all this season. You know, uh, you'll probably see at the season uh, with Porsche, but, you know, I think realistically they do have to look at a, an alternative driver. Um, Simona de Silvestro, I doubt she would get the drive. Um, no, surely Thomas not. Prining. Thomas Prining's talented, but I don't think he'd get the drive. No. Pascal Verlein, in my opinion, is the perfect fit at Porsche. Um, and he's expressed the desire to race in uh, sports cars and endurance categories such as WEC. And as a Porsche factory driver, he obviously gets that chance um, if he does go to Porsche. So I would say that's it, really. Um, yeah, I'm not really surprised. I don't think. I would say in the long term, Porsche is a better option than Mahindra. Um, Mahindra really hasn't been delivering this year. And even then, I don't think Pascal's commitment to Mahindra was that high um, to begin with. There was talk that he was looking at leaving at the end of season five. Uh, to go to a, well, possibly go to a Formula One team, although that didn't happen. And yeah, uh, I, there was there was a bit of, uh, what was it, around HWA, because he obviously was a Mercedes young driver, and then that sort of fell through, and uh, he got picked up by Mahindra, so. You know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, it's just kind of a bit of a mess, isn't it? You know, he, he could have been picked up by HWA, could have been given the Mercedes EQ drive, went to Mahindra, it hasn't worked out, now he's going to Porsche. It's just kind of flip-flopping about, isn't it? I do think at Mahindra, it's still a factory team, obviously, so, yeah. you know, it, it's they're massive in India. And, I mean, I don't see them on the road here, but uh, there's actually a dealership in Christchurch, Mahindra. Um, yeah, they are a decent team. You know, Dilbert Gill's no slouch. They they seem to be technically pretty good, um, apart from when Rosenquist was in the team, it kept breaking down. Yeah, They seem to have minimal gremlins on the technical side now, and I don't know if it's the right move. Right. See, I, I don't, I'm not sure, because I think with Mahindra, um, they're obviously a very good team, they're very established, very well oiled. And when you when you drive for Mahindra and you know um, do drive for Mahindra, you know that what you see is what you get. You know that the car will be there or thereabouts, pretty much. I mean, they had a bit of a slow start to the season this year, um, but it looks like they've solved that issue now. And you know, you, when you're with Mahindra, you know. I mean, everyone knows that Mahindra will be towards the front of the grid. Porsche hasn't achieved that this year. They've had a podium and a pole, but they haven't quite achieved highs in their first season, which is fair enough. It's entirely expected. But I think it's it, it's it's quite tricky because Mahindra are acclaimed for failing to win a championship. You know, 
if there's a team that will blow us on a championship fight, it's Mahindra, you know. And in, it, I mean, it's going to sound really harsh, but in my opinion, Verline will never win a title with Mahindra. But with Porsche, he just might in the future. See, I, I don't know. Like, you've got hashtag start from zero Porsche this year. But will they have done enough? And it's another year that potentially could go out the window. Whereas it's yeah, uh, the competition is so much now that Porsche and I mean I'm I'm not saying that they they won't come up to to speed because you know they've already shown that they can you know get a pole and and podium but you know the Mahindra will get you solid placings whereas Porsche you can't really say that it's just not tested enough yet I mean we might see Porsche absolutely slaughter everyone else in the in the last six races um, of the season and you know I look like an idiot but I don't think so (laughs) I don't think so it's just not yeah he he's pushing the boat out and and going, oh, is there going to be someone to pick me up? I, I just can't, yeah, you just can't say that it's it's a good move yet. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean because, I mean, there's a lot of unknowns in the championship at the moment. Uh, Mahindra rectified their problems in Me- Mexico City, I believe. So, you know, their current format is relatively untested. They've only had two race starts. And, I mean, obviously, he won't be driving that car for the rest of the season now, will he? And he'll never know what it's like. Uh, with Porsche, you know, they've had a very different approach to other teams in Formula E and the way they've gone about it. Um, but when you said that, actually, I just remembered the uh, technical specs for next season. Because obviously, as part of cost-saving measures, uh, the FIA and Formula E have uh, extended the homologation period, which means that you can only change your powertrain. The teams can only change their powertrains once over the next two seasons. So essentially, teams now have this decision of, do we continue to use our Season 6 powertrain in Season 7, or do we go with a new powertrain for Season 7 and use it in Season 8? Yeah, I mean, thinking about that, you know, depending on what Porsche and Mahindra do opt for, it could also be quite an interesting move, uh, because, I mean, the Porsche powertrain isn't great. Uh, It was fortunate for Lodger to get the podium. I mean, it's not as bad as the Neo, um, <laughs> no, um, it's no Neo. And it's <laughs> Had no to put that in there. Dragon. Yeah, exactly. You got to you got to slide it in there, haven't you? You know, it's not that bad, but it's um, it's not great either. You know, it's not peak in performance, not peak in efficiency. Um, so yeah, I wonder what they would opt for next season. And um, yeah, it, it's just a gamble because there are so many unknowns, and we haven't raced since February, and. I mean, that as well brings so many other aspects to uh, the table. And I mean, I was quite surprised to see that he was leaving Mahindra to go to another team in Formula E, as far as we're aware, um, after lockdown and, you know, barely any races being completed this season. Yeah, uh, obviously he he looked really good in the race at home challenge, um, but the standard of driving, let's say, wasn't the best. And... Um, Yes, he uh, missed out. But um, the season six finale, six races in Berlin, uh, a couple of days apart. 
Now we're going to have to wait another month until August for this to, to shake out. But three double headers, it's going to be cool because I think there's going to be at least two different layouts, um, if not three separate layouts for um, the Berlin races. And yeah, uh, this is going to be, and I did have a look um, at who is fast here. Audi looks very good. Boemi looks good. So that means Roland will look amazing probably i've i've got my money on those two to make some moves up the field but uh what are your thoughts on the on the season six finale this is the thing so i've been re-watching old berlin e uh, for the past week uh i've watched everyone apart from season five did you watch daniel um, Epps? daniel Epps uh clean sweep yes i watched his daniel Epps win yeah it was a good race that actually so much was happening in the midfield yeah um but as you said, Berlin is an Audi track. It always has been. Um, Audi are phenomenal at Tempelhof. Uh, they won in season one before Degrassi was disqualified. Uh, I don't think they won in season two. They weren't quite there in season three. Uh, but season four, they won it. Season five, they won it. And comfortably too. Um, so that's, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I think... Oh, God, this is such a hard call. Um, I do think Audi will leap up the table. Um, and I think, well, I mean, they haven't won a race yet this season. And I, I honestly, Degrassi has to win a race sometime this season. I feel it's, it's like, coming. Yeah, it's, it's written law, isn't it? It has to happen. Um, yeah, I, oh, it, it's just such a... Um, it's, it's a wide open thing, this um, six, six and nine finale and showdown. Um, and I couldn't even name the teams, come to think of it. I've drawn a blank one. But who drives in Formula E? Who drives in Formula E? Who drives in Formula E? I'm, I'm having to look at the Wikipedia page in the entry list. This is oh, really I wish Tom. I wish, uh, I wish Tom Dillman was still in Formula E. There yeah, we go. Yeah, bring him back in. He's, he's Mahindra. All, all we go. Here we go. Ah, oh, there we go. So, um, I think Virgin are due a, um, a rise to the top um, because they've had a really bad season. <laughs> uh, they won the first race, did well, and then it fell off the face of the earth. Um, yeah, it has. Yeah, and they've got that Audi powertrain too, haven't they? So, I would say they're my two picks, really. I expect Jaguar to uh, be a bit faster and probably DS to Cheetah, but yeah. It'll be interesting. I honestly don't know who's going to win the who's going to win the title. Let's place a a um a stick. Oh man, uh, I would love someone like Sims to win it. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, just because he's just he doesn't look like a racing driver. Um, just for that fact no. purely. Mitch Evans, I would love obviously Kiwi, um, and Jaguar. I would love you to be right. Uh, that Jaguar would be able to absolutely destroy this season, and it does look like they've made another step up. I think Jean-Éric Verne is is out of the title fight now. I think it's too far for him, uh, but his teammate DaCosta could. Uh, the Dechita is very, very fast. It is a very fast cat. I'm going to go with Evans. I reckon he's going to do it. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. That's the thing with this finale, the six and nine. It's like a proper test of endurance, isn't it? And Formula E's never done that. 
we've probably never seen that in motorsport quite honestly you know six races in nine days uh three double header events and things are going to go so fast and it'll be so important to like for drivers not to let emotions take advantage and get ahead of them and yeah i, I honestly think we're going to be in for some big surprises in berlin uh you know big headlines and yeah it's going to be exciting really exciting yeah, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of movements in the table. That's for sure. It's going to be good. Uh, the Season 7 Formula E calendar, uh, this has just been released. And uh, a lot of a lot of the old favourites, uh, one we haven't seen yet, London is back. Hopefully that one can be actually uh, done this time. Right, so... The Rundown, Santiago, Chile, the first race of Season 7, 16th of January. So uh, not a December race uh, for the opener. Mexico on the 13th of February. Diria, a double header in February 26th, 27th. Sanya, China, Rome, Italy, Paris, France, Monaco, Monaco, Seoul, South Korea. A big T- TBC, which Punta del Este maybe. That would be nice. Uh, Berlin, New York, and then London double header. So it ends up 24th, 25th of July, quite early as well. Any that stand out there for you, Chris? Um, ooh, probably Monaco, I think. Um, because on the on the press release, you have the, the table, and there's always a little asterisk uh, near um, certain circuits that might be new. And one was next to the Monaco E-Pri, which means it's the circuit is still subject to FIA homologation and getting uh, agreed and approved by the FIA. So there's a potential circuit change there, uh, if that indicates everything, alongside Rome. Um, so I think Monaco will be good. The Monaco E-Pri is always a good, good event. As I think they need to change the uh, circuit layout. They'll make it a bit longer uh, for overtaking to be a bit better. Uh, Seoul will be good. Um, it'd be interesting to start the season in Santiago, though, because Santiago was um, it was a good race this year. It was really good. And, I mean, of course, London E-Pri. I've been excited for this for 12 months already, and it's not happening this year. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sadly. That, that too. That too. So, and the TBC as well. I mean, probably, I don't know what that'll be. Jakarta? I'd like, I'd like it to be Switzerland, but it won't be. Oh, so. as long as it's not burn, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, quick question, and as soon as I saw this, I was thinking back to the the Saudi contingent. Have uh, I thought they had a contract for ten years that they were the opener in Formula E? Yeah, they do. They do. So they've got a ten year contract to say that they will be the season opener in Formula E. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's just as a result of coronavirus, really, because Santiago would have always been scheduled for that January slot, I'd imagine, and they would have ideally wanted to do Duria in December. So, yeah, I'm I'm wondering if it's a result of the Santiago Epre getting scheduled in, in January, because Santiago was supposed to be... There was talk that the Santiago Epre wouldn't be taking place for season seven. It was supposed to be axed, um, and they managed to negotiate a deal, and that has come through. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably coronavirus things. 
and they've slotted Diria in somewhere. So, right. I'm not sure. No, I'm sure we will probably. Well, we may never hear about it, but uh, yeah, that was interesting. Right uh, now, Daniel Apt. We've talked enough about him recently. I guess you all know the drill by now. Uh, he has been dropped from Audi, and Rene Rast has taken over the seat for the remaining six races this season. Uh, everyone sort of knew it might be him. I was hoping it was someone else, but um, thoughts on how it'll go, Chris? I think it's an exciting signing. I mean, he's raced in Formula E before he did the Berlin race in season two, when it was at Alexander Platz and um, the other one, the other Platz, which I can't remember. Um, all the Platzes. And he was actually quite good. He was driving for a Guri. He didn't finish the race because he was hit by Bruno Senna. But he was decent. And it was the first time he'd raced single seat as in a long time. And it will be this year. But I think he'll be he'll do quite a good job, in all honesty. Uh, he's a very quick and talented driver, as we know from the DTM. Uh, he's very handy behind the wheel of a racing car. And I, yeah, I, I think he will impress a lot of people. And yeah. I, I think he'll well it wouldn't be hard to overtake Daniel Apt in the drivers' championship, I hate to say it. But I think he'll finish ahead of Apt. Oh really Formula E for uh, six seasons. Um I'm okay, big prediction here. Hold on to your seat. Rast will get a podium in Berlin. No. No <laughs> way. It. Nah. There you go. I'm Rast sorry. Rast will win the championship. Uh, a podium. No. I think it's there because Audi are very good in Berlin. They are very good. A a test coming up in July. I mean, he'll develop and he'll. It's such a quick learning curve. I think he'll do it. I really do. And if I do, I'll be shocked. If he does do it, I'll be shocked. But yeah, why not? Can't believe it. Really? Okay. Radio. I'm going to say he's going to get a podium at the fourth race in Berlin at a six. The fourth race? <laughs> the fourth race at a six. All right. I'm going to note this down and then put it on Twitter. Um, I'll figure something out if you actually win. Uh, that's. Yeah, if I win, I'll be shocked. <laughs> I think there'll be many people on Twitter that will be shocked. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously a... Yeah, a quick turnaround and hopefully he can uh, move up the grid quickly and get some much-needed points as well because, uh, yeah, Audi absolutely need it. Um, finally, also a big win today in the FSR Esports Pro Championship. Henry Sinek at Drillers Esports qualifying in P1, dominant performance, and, uh, yeah, just great from all the drillers drivers but uh, also shout out to Matthew Williams for a P4 to cap off solid points so they're racing in Zandvoort next go and check them out and support them and I think that's it uh yeah you can find us on Twitter at Regen Racing uh Instagram at Regen E Racing Pod um as well as Facebook there and the website www.regenracingpodcast.com and we can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm continuing an absolute world domination um, so that <laughs> our podcast is everywhere on the internet. Um, and we really appreciate that you take the time to do so. Um, also, yeah, 
go and have a look at Motormouth. Go and have a look at Hit the Apex. Uh, yeah, there's so many awesome podcasts out there in motorsport. So, yeah, go and take the time and check them out. And that's it. Chris, thank you very much once again. It's been good. Our comeback is on, you know, bring on the final race of the season and let's um, hit that record button. Yep, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I don't think we're going to do six more episodes in the space of, what is it, like two weeks? Oh. <laughs> six episodes in nine days. Six episodes in nine days. Clear the schedule. Yeah, maybe. The constant thing of who Ross didn't get a podium today. Ah, okay. <laughs> it very well could be. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Ah, okay.